now I have to go to Miami because I'm going to be living there. And I looked at myself like, what you mean living there? And I was like, yes, homegirl, <laughs> I'm going to be living there. the very beginning when i was about five years old i have a very sharp memory of singing at the top of my lungs all around my house through every single hallway and i remember being able to be myself to not be hushed to not be told to be quiet even though that did happen but in this specific moment i was fully embracing my true being my purpose one of my purposes which was to truly be myself. I start off with this story because much of my early childhood and adolescence surrounded itself with music, where I was practicing as a musician, as a singer. I attended art school, so a lot of my time was focused on practicing this art, this, this idea of, okay, I love singing. Can I, can I do it during the day? Can I work? and do this work because I was too young and do and practice this this thing that I love which is to sing I feel like this was the first iteration of of my dream of my dream life and how that got confused how it got hazy clouded how my judgment and understanding of the things that I loved and that brought me joy ultimately became unclear. And I know that this was because my parents, my family, society was trying to quote unquote protect me from the difficulties and challenges that come with trying to become an artist, a performing artist, a well-known artist fame. But no one stopped to ask me if that's truly what I wanted. What is my dream life? What has been my dream life? Sometimes I also feel that that question was asked when I was far too young and in different ways. What do you want to do with your life? What, is, what do you want to do for money? What is this career? You think you're going to sing for your career? And it was condescending. It wasn't supportive. It didn't come from a place of love, even if that was the intention. The intention to protect me from being hurt, from being rejected, from failing. I think the surprising part is that that inevitably has to happen and was going to happen, whether it was with my practice of singing, of musicianship or something else. And it inevitably did occur in many different ways. When I was in high school as a vocal major, at that point, I had decided that I did want to pursue music, but not necessarily as my only career. I wanted to also pursue science. I love science. Biology was my favorite class in high school. Educational class, non-musical class, because my favorite class was definitely new music, creating new music um, and recording in, in high school. So I ensured that when it came time to apply for college, that I was applying for a college that allowed me to embrace both. I really wanted to do that, but I wanted to practice vocal jazz. Long story short, I didn't get to necessarily practice vocal jazz, at least not in the academic setting. I, I got to learn jazz um, when I was in college a bit. I did eventually stop diving into it. 
because I felt this shift and I felt those voices telling me like, why are you pursuing music if you know you don't want to do it full time, if you don't want the fame of that? So I was self-aware, but I wasn't conscious. I wasn't conscious of, of what I wanted or what I needed at the time. And I knew that I had this dream life that was so multifaceted, just in the sense that I wanted to go to, to these schools for both music and science. The fact that I, I went out of my way to do multiple auditions to get into these universities, to also academically make sure that I was thriving so I could be considered for the scientific programs, the science-based programs. And it was a journey, it was confusing and not, not having mentorship specifically for people that had done something similar to myself was really difficult. Once I was in, in school, I knew that I also had this, this dream of traveling. I went, I went to school upstate. So I grew up in New York City in a very Dominican neighborhood known as Washington Heights. Shout out to all my Dominicans there. We platanos. And I always dreamed of going to more places than just the Dominican Republic, especially because growing up, I went to school downtown and had a lot of friends that would commute into the city from different parts of, of New York City. So it wasn't this Dominican uh, uh, neighborhood that I lived in, which was part primarily Dominicans, it was being able to get exposed to all these other countries through my friends, these cultures, these foods. And I wanted to experience that firsthand and go to these countries. And I knew even at that time that I loved New York City, but I couldn't see myself long-term. Like I was just so curious. I wanted to try something else. I wanted to live somewhere else. So when I was in, in university, in college, I knew I wanted to study abroad. One of my older sisters got to study abroad and I had my eye on that. Like, yes, this is my opportunity to study abroad. It's the most economically and like feasible thing that I can do. So eventually I ended up in London, uh, ultra hub. I mean, I feel like there's New York City, there's London, there's LA, <laughs> these major cities. And I, I love that I could be so interconnected. London is super diverse, at least it was to me. And I had the opportunity to not only live, work, and study in London, but I also had the opportunity to travel to a bunch of other countries. Now, I chose that London program again, making sure that I could embody the things that I love the most. So I wanted to still be creative and, and dive into that musicianship, into that artist that I inherently am. And I chose a program where I could study theater because I love I, I love acting, I love live shows, I love, I love theater, I love musicals. So being able to take a course in one of the originating places of theater was a dream come true for me. And also being able to continue my studies of epidemiology, of public health as well. So I was intentional about selecting this program. I was intentional about picking this place. I was intentional about knowing London is a hub. I can go anywhere in Europe or even beyond. And that's exactly what I did. I spent six weekends straight going to different countries. Like when I tell you I was in London three and a half days and then three and a half days in another country or four, it was insane. Um, and I had classes in the city of London. Then I, I also studied at Oxford and I also worked in a different part of London. So I would do that Monday afternoon or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. I would leave and go to a different country and come back Monday morning and go to class and do it all over again. Six weeks straight. I did that. <laughs> but I, I did live in London for a little bit longer than that. 
for a few months and I loved it. I loved being there. I thoroughly enjoyed meeting other people and learning their stories, like the adventures that they had gone on. That's my favorite part of traveling is meeting other people and learning about their journey, their process, how they've achieved their dreams, their goals, how they've set intentions and and held themselves accountable and, and put things into action so that they could implement these goals and truly live them, live their dream lives. I love the fact that I was adventurous, that I got to, to discover that I am a very adventurous person and love trying new things, going to new places, new foods, everything, everything surrounding being newness, I loved. And when I when I came back to the States, I knew, uh, I cannot stay in New York City that much longer. So I did go back after graduating um, college to New York City. And I worked there for a few years and I knew I wanted to go to grad school. I knew that in order to further myself in my career, that was one of the best options that I had at the time. So starting from the end of college, I, I applied to grad school that senior year. Four schools, applied to four schools, didn't get in. Great. I kind of, I did not put my best effort into the applications. There was so much going on. I was also applying for jobs. It, it was too chaotic. Um, and I just didn't have my head in the right space. So I kind of expected not to get in, but I got a bit of feedback so that when I applied the following year, again, I could apply that feedback and be more intentional with my application. So I applied and I put in a lot of effort. Um, I applied for like over 10 schools and I didn't get into any of them, none of them. Here I was working out like one of the leading cancer hospitals in the country, doing phenomenal work, um, being able to provide um, cancer patients with with more life, um, being able to enjoy those those last few moments that they have with their loved ones and, and being present in whatever they're doing, enjoying their vacations, et cetera, whatever it could be. Um, and my master's degrees, these programs are applying to, we're in public health. We're for we're. I was focusing on applying to programs for population health. I I wanted to make the biggest impact I could possibly make, um, and I was specifically going after a degree in international health. I didn't get in. Didn't get in. I was distraught. I was like, what? How? How? Like, I, I'm, like, what is missing? I'm doing really good work. I feel like I'm serving people, and. What else can I do? Got some feedback, grades, GRE scores, the the all the, the things. And I was like, okay, okay. I made a list and I did exactly that. I retook my GREs and got better scores. I retook certain classes and got straight A's. I connected with more professors and got very specific about what I wanted to study, the exact program I wanted to be in. And then I switched jobs because I was in a really clinical position. And even though I loved it, it was very high stress, um, like working with stage four cancer patients and there was just a lot at stake. So I, I loved the experience. I learned so much, but I knew I had to go and continue my journey in this career of public health. So I moved on to another hospital, but more in the academic setting, more, in, more community centered, more public health. And that job was life changing because I got to do program management, supervisory, everything from from career interviewing, hiring, onboarding, training. And I I started all of that from scratch. I created all the processes, all the guides, everything. 
all the evaluations. And that job really taught me how much I thoroughly enjoy like project management and, and program development and also coaching, being able to guide others in their dream life, being able to support them. Like every single person on my team, I knew what, what their drivers were. I knew what their motivation where they got their motivation from, what their intentions were for the position. And everyone, not everyone has the same intentions. Some people just need it for experience. Some people need the money. Some people are looking to grow in their careers, whatever it is. But it was really important to to understand my team members without judgment. I didn't want to rain on their parade or their dreams like others had on mine. Unfortunately, not that that people did that in my life with intention, at least not from what I know of. And it doesn't serve me to know that anyway. And I I love that job so much. And I, I knew I needed to really bask in the lessons that were coming through the job. In in being able to be a leader um, and being able to be a follower and in, in being able to listen to others and their needs and responding to what they wanted, to what they needed as best as I could and communicating that, communicating expectations. I thrived in that job. And after two years, I was like, okay, I need to apply for grad school again, like it's time. So I did that application again, third time. And I had connected with, I did everything, same as the last time, but with much more intention, all the things throughout that, those two years or so, taking the courses, retaking the exams, connecting with professors. And I only applied to two programs. And I, it took me a while to hear back. Um, I replied in the fall. And then finally, when I did hear back, um, few months later, I didn't get in. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what else could I do? Like, what else can I do? Like at this point, um, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely something else I could do, but like, I can't figure it out. This was not in the feedback they gave me. Like I checked off every single thing that they wanted me to do. And I was like ready to give up. Cause I'm like three times a charm. And I was like, no, like I've worked way too hard for this. I've grown so much, so much let me let me reach out let me advocate because i feel like if i can believe in myself there must be someone out there that believes in me too so i reached out to the contacts that i had at the universities that i was working close with and they told me they'd get back to me i think one of them didn't even say anything um and then i woke up a few days later and i had acceptances from both universities like Oh my God, what? Ah, another dream come true. Like what? Wow, I'm I'm going to freaking grad school. Like, whoa. And the reason this was so important is because one, I kept trying and trying and trying, even though I was being rejected, even though I felt like a failure, like I can't do it right. Um, which is something that comes up a lot for me with my OCD, the clinical diagnosed OCD. Um, and it was, it was validating to hear that they, um, that they believed in me, but it was more important that I believed in myself and that I tried and that I advocated for myself, that I, I did the work that I outreached and to know that I was finally moving because I wanted to leave New York city, like ha having left and lived in London, having gone to Dominican Republic in between that and other countries as well on vacations. I just wanted to continue doing that. And I knew that I did not see my future in New York City. That was another dream of mine. I knew that I wanted to live by the beach in the sun and warm weather. 
um, in a more relaxed environment. Um, so being able to get into grad school was so important to me because I only applied to grad schools outside of my city. And off I went to New Orleans because that's the one I chose. And it was a it was uh, life changing. I love New Orleans. I still love it to this day. And I met so many great people. Um, there was a lot that happened when I was in grad school. I was in New Orleans for about, I think, three, three years um, or so, three and a half years. And, you know, I went, I broke up with my ex of five and a half years because of infidelity on his part. I went through the trenches of finding myself because I come completely lost myself after that um you know i this was this relationship was it had toxicity in it and it and i say that because there was a lot of codependency between us there was projection there was unhealthy habits and although i was like aware it's hard when you're stuck in this the seesaw of of action or of habits i should say that you're just used to because it's it's a comfortable place but nothing ever grows there right you 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 cannot evolve from a comfortable place. And I think that at that point, um, regardless of the infidelity, I already had felt like this is not serving me and I am and I need to be able to move on in my life without someone who I cannot serve and who cannot no longer serve me. And, you know, I say that now, it's so much easier said than, none, than done. Um, but I, I needed to go through that. And it was something that like, you know, had to be cut off cold turkey and it was super painful one of the most painful experiences of my life was going through that breakup and I'm so thankful for it now like I I would it's hard to say that I would do it over again but I would do it over again because I know that the lessons I got from that hitting rock bottom um because you know I I lost someone who felt like a major support system who I I also lost myself which was my biggest support system and having to learn how to trust myself again, let alone other people. It was a process. It took me months. And as someone who's always been extremely independent, um, and then there were certain tendencies that were dependent within that relationship, the codependency, it was just so hard to like restart again, to ask for help. I didn't want to ask for help, um, but I needed it so bad. So I'm super thankful. And my grad best friends know who they are my closest friends in grad school who were there for me um when i needed them the most when i couldn't find the words to ask for help or when i did and i felt embarrassed or whatever it was um they were there for me uh and grad school itself i knew was such a blessing because it was this distraction i needed in order to keep going and to work towards something that was better than myself at that time than that version of myself that i was and I used that. I created those tasks, get my homework done, make these meetings, apply for these internships. And every single thing that I said I wanted to get done, got done. It may have not gotten done in the way that I envisioned it, very much like the things that I set up sometimes in life. And I feel like that's what can hold us back is there's this vision and this road, which I think are two very distinct way, distinct things. I have this vision um, I, and then I want to manifest it. But just because I see road A over there doesn't mean there's not road B, C, D, E, F, G and the rest of the alphabet for me to eventually get to that end goal at the end of that vision to manifest what it is that I truly want. The intention is there and the the process in 
in which it gets done and how it gets done. That's none of my business. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think it's our business. It's the, the goal is to stay focused on the process itself, on your being on, okay, am I like what in this discovery of myself, am I, am I trusting myself again? That is that happening? Um, and I knew it would happen. I didn't know how, but I had to focus on the present moment because every minute that passed was another minute that I, okay, I trust myself a little more than before. Another day, another day, another day. And it would, sometimes it goes down and I was down a lot of times there, but then I would go up and I would see the light, the literal light. Um, and that really helped me with everything else that all the challenges that came up um, throughout grad school and for those that have gone through school um, know how challenging that can be. But I was focused. I was determined. Um, I knew that I had to keep going for me and nobody else. So that's exactly what I did. So once I, I got to live abroad again, I got to work in my home country in the Dominican Republic. I love this so much. But I knew that I couldn't see, again, this long-term life there where I would be based there full-time. But that I would, you know, have my my secondary home um, there and visit often. So I was still on the search of like, where is my home? Where is my home? Where is this dream life um, of this home that I envisioned? You know, from being from my younger self, like work life balance, the being able to to work abroad if I wanted to, to being supported in the sun by the beach, and to still thrive in my career. So after my grad program. I knew I wanted to leave New Orleans. Um, I stayed there for a few months and eventually I ended up in Atlanta, which I was super excited about because I actually got in my other grad acceptance was in Atlanta, but I knew I would always maybe end up there because it's a huge public health hub. And I went, and even though I was remote working, I still got to know the city and all of that. And let me tell you, Justine did not like it. Mm -mm, I did not. <laughs> Oh my God, I did not like, I did not like Atlanta. Like I understand and respect why others um, like Atlanta, just like how people love New York City. And I love New York City, the best city ever, uh, hands down, better than London. Um, but I just can't live there. It's not for me. And Atlanta was not for me. One, it's mad far from the beach, from the coast. And I like, I am uh, geographically challenged. Many times I've discovered that again and again, that lesson, it just doesn't stick. And it didn't stick that time. So I was like, wow, I thought that I could just go to like Savannah, Georgia. It's right there. No, it's not. It's very far from Atlanta. Far for me, like four hours. Um, not something I could do every weekend or would be willing to do. So anyways, it just wasn't my my environment. I, I It's cold. I didn't want to be in the cold, especially after living you know, three, four years in New Orleans, I was so used to Southern um, weather. And Atlanta's winters aren't long, but they do have winter. And I didn't even have winter clothes anymore by that point. Um, so I was like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. I don't have my support circle here, even though I've, I've created and um, established really good friendships. I wanna be in the sun. Like my dream is to live by the beach, to to be able to literally walk out of my my house and to end up on the beach a few minutes later to have the apartment of my dreams where I have um, the space the space to to wander and think and be creative to have my working space my my zen space my my kitchen because I love cooking um, to live in a city again a big city so I have a lot of activities to do and I can meet a lot of dope people and to be able to embrace the things that truly bring me joy singing music um, theater acting writing, um, 
consulting, coaching, but like there's so many, th- I, I'm so multifaceted. There were so many things I need. I needed to be able to expand my community just like I had when I was younger. So I started sharing my dream. I used to keep it to myself. Oh, bad to do. But I mean, it's, I respect it if people believe in that, but I don't. It was just like, and I had to ask myself, like, do I believe in that? And I was like, no, I don't. And when I started sharing with people, more people, what my dreams were, what I was manifesting, what I was visualizing, opportunities came up. So many came up. That's when I feel like people were rooting for me. They were like, wait, I heard, I know this person. They could they could help you with this, give you advice, or fulanito de tal, aka this person's like friend of a friend can help you out with that, whatever, whatever. And then even through those conversations, because I, I was applying for jobs in L.A., got a few offers, ended up with a job there. I loved L.A., but it just wasn't for me. I, I couldn't imagine being far from my family. And that was a discussion we had early on. Um, and I was like, oh, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and with that job, I was able I was working remote teaching um, at the college level, which was a beautiful experience. It really allowed me to con- to like fully embody um, this talent, this natural talent and love that I have for teaching and teaching others, for spreading information, for uplifting others in, in their dream. And I really loved it, but I just couldn't eventually see myself over there. Number one, them homes in California, mm-mm-mm, I cannot. Um, shout out to everybody that's able to go. Yeah, popping. Uh, but Jocenia cannot. And it was too far from my family. Um, I wanted to be able to, you know, if I had to leave in an hour, that it would be feasible for me to do that both economically and everything else um, in a six hour and a half. Plus the the commute to the airport and back It's just I know would be very challenging for me. Um, but I still had this dream like city, beach, city, beach, city, beach and everything else in between. And through the conversations, Miami came up. Like I remember one of my childhood best friends um, was like, hey, have you thought about Miami, like South Florida? And I was like, hmm. I haven't. One of my older sisters used to live here. I went to visit Miami a bunch of times, but it didn't come up as a place that I could live in. So I was like, hmm, okay, I'm going to think about it. And then my, who I, you know, my husband, okay, he's not my husband, but um, who I very much admire and love, Bad Bunny came out with a tour and one of his locations was in Miami. And I was like, wow, this is destiny. And I knew that I wanted to see him before he announced his tour and whatnot. And I knew I wanted to see him in a new place, but I didn't know where. I was like, oh, let me go to Texas. Like, that would be so much fun. I've never been to Texas before. And when I saw Miami, I was like, nah, I have to go to Miami because I'm going to be living there. And I looked at myself like, what you mean living there? And I was like, yes, homegirl, <laughs> I'm going to be living there. <laughs> and it just hit me like it was a fact. Fact. And I leaned into it. I bought my ticket solo, don't know. I was like, if I believe this to be true, I can go by myself because I'm going to be living there. I just have to stroll on down. I just have to drive and I'll get there. Like I can do it. And that I bought my ticket. And after that, everything else fell into place. I I put in the work. I told my job um, at the time, like, hey, I'm not happy um, in Atlanta. I don't feel I don't feel supported. I don't. Let me stop playing with that. Um, I told my job, like, I really just want to move um, to, to a place where I feel more supported and that would 
allow me to thrive the way that I know I can and deserve, want, and need to thrive. And they fully supported me. Shout out to them. Love that organization and working there. Uh, and I booked a flight to go to Miami like the next month. Came for three days. And on day one and a half, I found an apartment across the street from where I was staying, <laughs> which is crazy. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. This is exactly what I want. Walking distance from the beach in the middle, of the, like in the city, but not like downtown, downtown, because nobody wants to do that. Um, but the most important thing was like, I trusted myself. I put in the work. I put in the steps. I manifested. I visualized it. I thought about it. And I would reflect every day, like on my runs, when I would go to like Stone Mountain in Atlanta, my favorite place. Um, and I would kayak in the water there. I was like, okay, this is what I want. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it did. And I did that. And it, it, I was terrified to ask my job to like allow me to move i was remote still and everything but like it was just it was still a risk like what if they said no and that you can't let the what if stop you it has stopped me before at least halted me and i learned to push through because if i don't say anything if i don't try how am i gonna know like closed mouths don't get fed that's like a very infamous line and i truly believe that that not like when i when i advocated for myself for grad school they would have not reverse my rejection had I not said anything. Um, and I'm just so proud of myself that I did it. I now live in South Florida um, and I live rolling distance from the beach, my favorite place in the entire world. Um, I do yoga on the beach in the mornings and I do full moon yoga in the evenings every month. And I, I just love this place so much. I've been able to dive into so many parts of me that, that feed into this ultimate dream life that I've always had, but I just didn't really understand. Like the adventure, like being able to explore different places here, being able to kayak in in like these gorgeous terrains where like there's kayaking trails and it's all the trees are like this and being able to bike, getting myself a bike so I could enjoy the outdoors and go explore places um, with the air, like brushing past my hair. Um, going to open mic nights, performing again. Like, wow, I had stopped singing at one point and being able to tap into that again. Oh my God, I healed my inner child. Like I had flashbacks from when I was a kid and that first experience of like, wow, I suck coming up for me again and being able to heal those wounds. That And I'm just so thankful for all the things that have happened because I trusted myself in honoring what served me and letting go of what didn't, whether that's people, places, whatever it is, like that is critically important. So here I am living this dream life. And it's not just about the beach and whatnot, even though that is actually really important to me and it's an important aspect of my dream life, but it's really being able to, to set intentions, you know, all these being able to become healthier, not only mentally, but physically as well, was through um, using three things that I feel like can can help anybody truly like so in supporting them and their dream life. So one was intention setting. Like I intended to find joy, my inner joy. And I knew I could do that if I set goals that aligned with my intentions. And I did just that. Um, I used to set goals um, at the beginning of the year, but I didn't, I wasn't in, as I didn't have this mindset, this perspective of intention setting. And that's when things really shifted when I started to do that um, 
over like two, three years ago. The second thing is accountability. Yes, you have these intentions and, and goals. How can you get them done? It's most important to recognize that you yourself, me, myself, and I are responsible for me, myself, and I. But me and myself and I also deserve and need a support circle. And leaning into them is really important. And understanding who plays what role also helps a lot too. So I know who to go to when for my business, I have questions um, and need, need like a soundboard or who I go to if I have to make, um, if I need an opinion about a personal decision or what outfit I want to, or a cute outfit, like, hey, what, what? usually I actually don't do that. But um, but just an example, like it's okay, but it's not, it's about trusting yourself where you don't necessarily need the validation and you don't want the validation 100%, but you want somebody to say like, oh, actually it's not necessarily that they say it to you, but it's that you hear yourself saying it to them. And they could, there are questions that they might bring out of you that you may have not been able to bring out of yourself when you're sharing your intentions with them. So having one or two people, I think, is ideal for that accountability. Like, hey, I'm going to do this three times a week, whatever it is. This is my intention. This is why. And then I think it's beautiful when you can have an exchange. So I currently have two people where I have this exchange with two very good friends um, and it works perfectly um, with them. And I have other people that I have as accountability partners for other things. Um, but just being able to hold each other accountable and from a place with grace too, with respect, with kindness. Like when I, I was being super hard on myself the last two weeks, I just had these ridiculous expectations. And then my friend had to check me. One of my college best friends was like, were you not sick like the last two weeks? Of course you were tired, exhausted, mentally drained, physically drained, in pain, like all these things. Like, are you not going to consider that when you when you say, oh, I didn't get, you didn't get this goal done and whatnot? And that came out when I was telling her, like, oh, I was sick and like, I just couldn't get this done. And I'm just so upset. Like, I just I was just so tired, so tired, so tired. And I needed that. I needed that. I needed my accountability. I needed my accountability partner, my friend to gracefully remind me, hey, you're human and things happen and your intention was there and you couldn't get it done because of things that were outside of your control. But your intention is there and there's always tomorrow. You can start somewhere. Last thing, number three, is action planning. You you want to put things into action. I am so big about this. I even have a certificate in monitoring and evaluation. And I mentioned that because if you don't monitor your progress and evaluate it as you go, it's very hard to, to truly understand if you're making progress, if you're being efficient, if you're being effective. If you don't have an action plan to start with, you can't even do that. So when I... When I um, when I create my plans, I'm very intentional. I have like specific to-do lists and templates and whatnot, which I, I will share and post on my website um, for those that are interested. But they, they've they literally changed my life. It's, it's so relieving to wake up and be like, all right, that's it. I know what to do for today. Um, and even if things don't go according to plan, it, it's, an, it's a guide, it's a template, it's an itinerary. And it's one less decision that you may have to make that day. So I think that putting things into action will allow you to implement them and actually get that those intentions done, um, those goals done and fulfill your intentions and report back to your accountability partner that you got them done. So those are my three things that, you know, I think can support you in your dream life that have completely supported mine. And I really hope that 
this conversation today that I'm having with you, these this sharing of the process um, of my dream life helps you in pursuing your own, in in adapting it, in navigating it, and figuring out what can I do to live my dream life today. And remember, you you can start you you can start from anywhere. Um, I think that knowing that you're capable of anything is so important. I tell myself that every day. Like I, I'm capable. I can. I can do hard things. And I know that you can too. So I hope you don't forget that. May you live your dream life today, tomorrow, and always. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow, subscribe on any of your favorite platforms, and I'll see you next time.